Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Come on, somebody, declare that with me. God is good. And all the time. That is a great reminder for us. I was blessed personally this morning as, uh, as Noah came up to read the word. I don't know about you, but man, something about seeing the young man just up here reading the scripture. I know he spent some time last night practicing and rehearsing to get ready to read that scripture. And I just know that the, uh, the kingdom of God is in good hands. The kingdom of God is in good hands. I love the fact that God is raising up a generation of young people that love him and that seek to serve him. And uh, what a blessing it was to all of us to get to see that this morning and participate with that. I hope those of you who are following along at home are um, in a comfortable place. I hope your heat is working. And uh, I hope that uh, your windows are tight because it's going to get cold outside today. It's going to get a little extra chilly. And um, speaking of chilly, if you have a pot on, let us know. We'd... uh, you see that connection I made there? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we, like to, we, like to, we like to visit visit the front doorsteps at least and get some, get some extra chili while before the snow hits too hard. Um, but yeah, what a, what a blessing it is to be here today. I'm excited to, uh, to be preaching. I guess this is week four of our five-week series, and so next week we'll kind of bring the series home, and uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that with you as well. A couple of quick announcements before we go any further. Uh, the first one is that um, if you have your journal like this, and you just completed week one of scribing. Hopefully you just completed week one of scribing. I'm going to confess to you that I did not scribe yesterday. So I'm going to spend my makeup day today. I'm going to spend a few minutes this morning after worship uh, scribing in uh, Saturday's verses. And uh, I'm super excited about that. I believe that gets us into the first few verses of chapter two. So we should have completed chapter one and be in the first two verses of chapter two. If you haven't been scribing with us, you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go to our website, hit roxboroughchurch.org backslash small dash groups, and you'll find out information about all those things, any way you can plug in. As well, there are three new small groups that are starting this week. And so it's not too late for you to tag one of those small groups and jump in one. If we don't see your name in one, we're going to wonder why. We'd love to connect with you. And hopefully by the end of today's message, you're like, hey, I want more of this. And you jump in one of those small groups. So those things are going on in the life of the church. Last, last announcement really quickly. Next Sunday is Communion Sunday. And so you're going to want to make sure you come to worship at home in front of your screen, ready with your communion elements. Now, you can think creatively because you might be snowed in. So if you only have a little bit of bread left, save some of it for next Sunday. Um, or, you know, some crackers or, you know, whatever you got, whatever you got. Just make sure you have something with you next Sunday. And uh, I do know this. Pastor Charlie has four-wheel drive. So if you're out of elements, go ahead and text Pastor Charlie. Text Pastor Charlie. He'll, he'll throw that four-wheel drive on. He'll be quick to deliver some elements right to your house. So you'll be ready for next Sunday. We will also take communion next Saturday night at Wissahickon. So you can join us next Saturday night online at 530 uh, at for Wissahickon service. We'll take communion there, or you can join us here on Sunday morning um, for our service, and uh, we'll have communion there. Or you can, you can double dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're full of them today. Father God, I pray that you would just bless this. God, as we jump into your word, thank you for Noah. God, thank you for the young man who said, hey, I'm going to read this scripture, and I'm going to believe in faith that, God, you'll use that scripture to teach this morning. Lord, excited for what you're doing in the life of this church. Thank you for that awesome time of worship. 
My, my, my spirit was stirred up, God. I pray that, uh, that, Father, we all would have encountered you in a special way there. Lord, we love you. We're looking forward to what you're saying and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, speaking of my spirit being stirred up during that, uh, during that time of worship, there was a phrase. I, I, I posted this in the chat, um, but for those of you who were up and leading, you didn't get a chance to see this. But there was a phrase in one of the songs that just stuck out to me. It said, um, Scott, you were singing it and it said, he didn't want heaven without us. I think you were singing it. It might have been Heather who was singing it. Heather was singing it. He didn't want heaven without us. That phrase just, it jumped at me like, I never really considered the fact that God had the option of saying, you know what, we're cool here. We're cool. Like, I mean, the the compelling love of the Father has just drawn me from the beginning to just know that, that God wanted us to be a part of it. But in thinking about it, he really had the option of just saying, you know what, heaven's perfect. So we're good. And that he loved us so much that he said, no, 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 like, heaven's perfect, and we're good, but we want mankind to be a part of this. We want the created to be a part of this. And so the invitation was made, right? The work of Christ on the cross created a pathway for the invitation to be made because he wanted us to be a part of it. Man, that, 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 that jumped on me today. Mm. All right, here we are. We're in Galatians chapter 5. We're picking up in verse 13 where Noah was reading for us. And um, if you're following along, here it is. We, today we're going to talk about this. We are empowered by grace. We're going to look at three different ways that we are empowered by grace this morning. But the concept here is that grace is indeed the, uh, the catalyst for which the things that we move into um, are accomplished. And so um, Paul lays out in the first 12 verses, we didn't read those first 12 verses, but Paul lays out an argument in the first 12 verses that explains the purpose of the law, right, and that we are met, and, and, then, and then leads to this conclusion that because of the law, we are meant to, or in response to the law, we are meant to experience freedom in Christ, Right? So he talks about this idea that the law is indeed something that has bound us, and now we have freedom from that law, and we're meant to experience freedom in Christ. So let me start with you this morning by saying this. You are probably experiencing some of the freedom that you're meant to experience. But I want to say that again so you catch it. You are probably experiencing some of the freedom that, you, that you're meant to experience. But the question at hand is, are you indeed free. You're probably experiencing some of this freedom. There are some ways in which you're like, hey, like I've experienced the gift of God and the freedom that comes with that. I've experienced the gift of salvation and the freedom that comes with that. But are you indeed free? Maybe one way that you could kind of check the gauge on that to say, am I indeed free? You say, "Um, are there things that, that seem to capture me? They seem to capture me whenever, whenever, here, I'll give you an example. Anybody, uh, anybody, is there a song for anybody? Let's, let's think about like popular song, radio song, you know, like something you grew up with as a kid that whenever it's on the radio, you can't help but sing along. Like you're in the grocery store, you know, you're pushing your cart, you know, you're doing your grocery shopping, right? And whenever this jumps on, on to, uh, you know, when you're at shop, right, and it jumps on on the radio, you can't help but sing along. Anybody got one of those songs? Jackson, what song is it? Dynamite by Kanye Cruz. Dynamite by, some, by somebody. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would, I'd try to clap with it or something. That's good. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else got a song like that? Jamaican funk. All right, Jamaican funk. All right, good, good, good. Let's get one more. Let's get one more. Come on, somebody else. Go ahead. Old, old girl? Old girl. Old girl. Okay. Oh, yeah, I do know that song. That's like B101. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally got you. All right, so look, look. There's just some examples, right? There's nothing wrong with those songs. Those are probably all really cool songs. And, uh, and matter of fact, if y'all three want to ever come up and like, what's it called? A trio. You want to do a trio and just kind of sing through those songs. We'd all watch. That'd be cool. Some of us would sing along too. But those are things that have like captured you. They're not sinful. Those are just things that have captured you. Like without thinking about it, you just naturally go to it, right? You hear it and you go to it. Boom. Right, so those are really cool things. We're all like, hey, that's fun, you know? Like, there's, we can think about TV shows like that, too, like, or movies, right? Whenever, when, look, whenever Star Wars is on, if I'm flipping the channels and there's any Star Wars movie on, I stop. I stop. It doesn't matter where we're at in the movie. I got to watch it. The same thing with, like, Shawshank Redemption. Anybody? Anybody with me on that? Like, if it's on, it doesn't matter if you're in the last three minutes or the first three minutes. I am on. Like, I just, I pass it. Whoa, go back. You know, like, it doesn't matter what else is happening. Um, there, there are things like that that just kind of capture us. They capture us. And when there are things that just, you know, like, they don't move us away from God, then it's all good. But let's have a moment where we just went, go into the deep end real quick. Isn't it true for a lot of us that there are things that have captured us? Things that, that stand opposed to God, and yet somehow, for some reason, we, see, we keep running back to it. We keep falling into it. We keep, we keep uh, uh, you know, uh, indulging in it. Right? Like, there are things that stand juxtaposed to God, and yet they still seem to have that same captive nature to them for us. They seem to draw us in. Well, I want to say this this morning. You are, now assuming, again, assuming that you are standing in right relationship with Jesus. Assuming that you are standing in right relationship with Jesus. You, it's not just, hey, when I was 12, I prayed a prayer. When I was 5, I prayed a prayer. By the way, just two days ago was Isaiah's uh, 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 confessional birthday. You didn't even, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't celebrate that at home, but a couple days ago was your confessional birthday. That's when you, you surrendered your life to the Lord a couple of years ago, and, uh, and I was reminded on social media. So, happy birthday, Isaiah. <laughs> Love you, man. And not just you prayed a prayer to accept Jesus, but like you are standing in relationship with Jesus now. Like you are actively engaging in pursuing after Christ. Right? You're like, hey, God, I want to know you and I want to experience you in greater ways. You're, you're a student of the word. You're, you're, your friend group are people who point you back to Jesus. You have accountability in your life, and it's not just accountable to do things you shouldn't. It's accountable against the things that you have once been a part of. Like if these things are true for you, then let me say this. You are, we are empowered by grace to be free. Paul says it this way in the book, in, in Romans chapter 6. He says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'll say it again. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'll go on in a second, but let me stop there for one minute. You were formerly mastered by sin, but now you're mastered by something else. And that something else is righteousness or holiness or uprightness. Watch this, Sabrina. You are upright before God. You are righteous. You are holy, not because of who you are, but by the grace of God, you are empowered. 
him to live holy, righteous, set apart, upright before God. God saw Job, and he declared that Job was upright and blameless. That meant he was righteous. That didn't mean he was perfect. It meant that he was upright, that, that, that he was able to stand in good character before God. The same is true for you and me. Now, I said at the beginning, many of us would say, hey, I'm living in some of the freedoms expressed to me by God. But, but am I fully free? Am I fully free, right? Am I, am, am I unshackled? Well, you have been, this is what the Word of God says in Romans 6, it says you have been set free. You have the, you, the, 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 the binds have been broken. The shackles are gone. You are released from sin. You are released from that which once described you. You are released from that which once you were addicted. You are released from that which you once ran to. You are released from that which lorded over you. You are released from the old and you are now bound to the new, but the new is righteousness. It's uprightness before God. It's holiness being set apart by God for the purposes of God. That is your new master. God is your new Lord. Verse 19, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations, just as you used uh, to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Romans 6, 19, and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. Verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things, uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. Paul says that the ways of old pointed and resulted in death. So look, friends, if, if we don't accept the grace of God and the freedom that comes with the grace of God, Paul says we're on a one-way track, and that track is death. We're a train out of control, and we're going in one direction, and it's death. Death. Eternal separation from God. Death. Broken relationship with God and man. Death. 22, but now that you have been set free from sin. But now that you have been set free from sin. Not that you are being set free, but now that you have been set free free from sin now and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap will lead to holiness and the result will be eternal life. Now that this has occurred, not that it is occurring, it has occurred, it is a done deal. God has done the work. You have embraced the, the gift that comes from God. Now that you have been set 
free. You do not have to run back. You are free by the grace of God. You are empowered to live a life that is free. You are empowered to move away from the things of old and move to the things of new. You are empowered by God. You have the free gift of God to live a life that is holy and righteous and set apart. You do not have to continue. You do not have to wake up every day and say, I'm still the one who I once was. You say, today is a day in which I have been made new. I have a purpose that is given to me by God. And by the grace of God, I will live into that purpose today. I will accept the free gift of God, the forgiveness of my sins, and the resurrection of my soul. That I will be upright, holy, and set apart to be who God has asked me to be. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Romans uh, uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal, forever life in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Now look, friends, I'm trying to say this as plainly as I can to you today. If you are standing in relationship with God, you need to understand that he desires for you to be free. And I don't know what he desires for you to be free of. You might need to check out of the rest of this message and just focus in on this point. But there's something that God wants to free you from. There's something that God wants to say, I, I've already paid the price for that. It's time to walk away. It's time to stop. It's time to move. Now, look, you might need assistance in that, but you have what you need in the grace of God. He has given it to you. He, he opens relationships to you. He, he sent around you with brothers and sisters in the Lord. He creates accountability both through his his spirit and through your peers. I mean, you have the word of God. You have invitation for deeper understanding. All you need this day is to recognize first and foremost that it is his desire that you and I would actually be free. He wants that for us. In the same way I said that song grabbed my attention when I thought about the fact that God wanted us to be in heaven with him. You know, he also wants you to actually be free. Like that is his desire. His desire is that the only thing that you would be bound to is him. It's him. He would be the only thing that governs over you. So I don't know what it is for you today. But I invite you today. Experience the gift of the grace of God that sets you free. Free. God, I receive your grace today. God, I break, the, I break the things that I was bound to today. God, I'm no, longer, I'm no longer running in that direction. I'm now running in your direction. God, I just need, I need to experience the freedom, the full freedom, not just that get me into heaven freedom. I'm talking about the full freedom of experiencing heaven on earth. I need to understand who you are this day and the freedom that comes with that. God, I receive it today. You desire it. I receive it. I receive it. You are empowered by grace to be free. You're also empowered by grace to break away from sin. You're empowered by grace to break away from sin. Galatians 5, 18 to 21, well, some of the verses that Noah read for us said this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, 
drunkenness, orgies, and all the things of the like. By the way, all the things of the like simply means dot, 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 right? Fill in the blank, right? Like all of these things that would be of our sinful nature. Paul says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Friends, I want to tell you something as clearly as I can this morning. You might have bought a lie. See, the lie was that you could be whoever you wanted to be and do whatever you wanted to do. And because you said, Jesus, I receive you, that you would be in eternity. But Paul actually says, no, 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 no. He says, he says if your life continues to look like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know this is going to wreck somebody's theology right now because somebody's sitting out there saying, well, once saved, always saved. And I would say, amen. Amen. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's nothing you can do to remove you from the love of God. There's no sin you can commit that's going to take you away from the love of God. Once you receive the love and the grace of God, there's nothing you can do to lose that. But the lie might be that you actually never received it, right? You actually might be living like, oh, yeah, like me and God are good. We're good because I went to Sunday school when there was such a thing, and I was sitting in there, and it taught me this little, little itty-bitty song, and I sang this little itty-bitty song, and ever since then, I, I remember that itty-bitty song about, about how much God loves me, and so I'm good. See, Paul suggests that actually our life is going to shift when we're in relationship with God. Let me say that again. Paul believes and suggests that our life will actually shift. It will change when we're in relationship with God. Maybe another way to say it is this. If you are a true believer, there will be fruit that is evidence. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, there will be fruit that is evidence. If I came to you and said, I am a, I am a, 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 a Olympic speed swimmer. And I said it to you and I said it like I believed it and I told you I could do the backstroke and whatever this stroke is and this thing. And I, and I said, I, you know, like I got one of those little caps, those wave caps, and, and I even got a little nose plug so I don't get water in my nose when I get in the pool. You would say, all right, well, you know, he sounds like he can swim. He knows all the right language, right? You know, and you'd be like, you don't quite have the body shape for it, but, but okay, I trust you. And then, you know, summertime came, and we were at the pool. We were doing some baptisms, right? And you were just like, hey, Pastor Ray, how about we do a little swim lap back and forth in the pool? And I jumped in the pool in the itty-bitty end. And I tried to swim to the fast end, the deep end. And I got about halfway, and I went to the bottom. Somebody would look at me and say, well, I know, Pastor Ray, you told me you was a swimmer, Olympic speed swimmer. But if you were really an Olympic speed swimmer, there'd be some evidence of this. I think we just found out, Pastor Ray, you ain't an Olympic speed swimmer. Now, I could change it up. I could say I'm an Olympic speed sinker. Like, I, I can drop to the bottom of the pool as fast as anybody, all right? But the reality is, if these things are true about me, there's going to be evidence. If you are truly walking in a relationship with God, your life is going to look different. So we're looking at you now. We're, we're, we're taking a look at your life together. You say, man, my life just looks like it did last week, last month, last year, five years before that. There's nothing in my life that's really growing and maturing. I would say to you, there's a disconnect in what you believe you understand and know and the reality of who you are right now. Right? There's something that isn't lining up. So you, you believe in Jesus. I'm excited for you. 
But I really want to see the fruit that comes from that relationship with Jesus Christ because it is that fruit. It is that fruit that is evidence that God is at work in your life. I was on a phone call recently with a, with a, with a pastor from another church, and we were talking back and forth, and, and, he, and we were talking about volunteers and, and people who are leading church, and he's like, man, I love, to, I love to find people whose story is all jacked up. And they're not ashamed of the fact that their story is all jacked up, but they're really excited for the fact that their story isn't as jacked up anymore. I said, well, well why is that? And he said, because when, when you find people whose story is all jacked up and, and they're not ashamed of it anymore, it's because they have freedom that comes from Christ in that, and they have moved from jacked up to testifying of the work that only God can do. And right, when we recognize that God has done a great work in us, all of a sudden there's a persuasion in us to be excited and to be, to be about our Father's business. If you're in a scribing group with me, then you'll know that on Friday, we scribed about, uh, about Jesus calling the first disciples. And he, he did the follow me, the follow me. I would, I'd actually like to do a study at some point and go through the scriptures of all the people that Jesus said, follow me to. That seems really cool. Something we might want to check out one day for a preaching series or something. But, but he, he said, follow me, follow me. And he, he, and he gets to, a, a, oh, I should have totally remember who he said it to. But he gets to one of the disciples and he says, he says follow me. And, and the disciple says, yes, he's going to follow him. And the disciple is really excited because Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Right? And Jesus says to him, you're excited because I saw you. Right? Because I saw you. But, but he points to the fact that if, if, if he will follow Jesus, that he'll, have a new, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be made new. There'll be something new about him. And so when he follows Jesus, he says, wait a minute, Jesus, I got one thing I got to do. And he runs back and he finds his older brother. And he says, hey, I found the Messiah. The one that we call the Messiah. The, he said, I found the one that Moses was teaching about. I found the one that Moses was teaching about. And, all, and, and, the, and, and the law wrote about, right? And he says, I found him. And then the Bible says that they both went and followed Jesus. You see, when we get excited about what God has done, we can't help but all of a sudden got to tell somebody because, see, God has renewed this broken vessel. God has taken me from old to new. God has released me from things that once defined who I was and gave, given me an identity that has a purpose and a meaning. God has said, you were sinking over there, but I'm creating a space for you to stand right here, right? I'm, going, I'm pouring a foundation that you will stand on. And he says to Peter, that foundation will be solid as a rock. And you'll be the one that I build the church on, right? Like, I will raise you up. And in doing that, and in doing that, you, in turn, will bear fruit. You'll bear fruit. I, uh, I got to go grocery shopping yesterday with my oldest boy, and we had a lot of fun. We kind of went out and had, by the way, I'm just going to plug this right now. We went out to this diner. It's way out in Collegeville, way out there. I said to my boy, I said, you can get anything you want, you know? You know, the diner food's pretty cheap. He was reading through the menu. He was like, waffles and ice cream. I didn't know it was a thing. But he got this waffle. It was the size of the plate. And he got this huge mound of strawberry ice cream on top. And he took his butter knife, and he just spread the ice cream all over, all over the, the waffle, and then, and then like a slice of pizza, he picked up a triangle and just began to go in. And I had food too, but I was just caught up in what he, I was just like, man, this guy, he's living it. It was so cool. It was so cool. And then after that, we got to go to the grocery store. That was the purpose of our trip. We got to go to the grocery store. And uh, when we got there, we immediately went to the produce aisle. And uh, we just began, like our kids are 
Those, uh, probably a lot of kids are like this, but our kids just, like, if, if, it's, if it's shiny and, and it looks kind of fresh, they're, they're wanting to eat it, you know? They're just like, yeah, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. So apples and oranges and strawberries and raspberries and blueberries, and before you knew it, you know, we had, we had way, too, way too, too much money spent on a little bit of stuff in the basket, but, but we're excited to get home and be able to eat this fruit, right? Because the fruit just looked like you wanted it. You wanted it. Can I say this to you? When you're led by the Spirit of God, when you're empowered by the grace that comes from God, you bear fruit, fruit that is attractive, fruit that draws in the lost, fruit that speaks the truth, fruit that is uh, compelling in nature because it reflects the handiwork of God. Friends, do you bear that fruit? You bear that fruit? Are you broken away from the sin of your life? Have you experienced the freedom that only comes by grace? And then finally this morning, are you empowered by grace to produce the fruit we've been talking about? Luke 6.43 says it this way. Says, uh, Jesus says, there's no good tree that bears bad fruit. Come on, somebody. He says there's no good tree that bears bad fruit. What's the fruit in your life look like? Paul says to the church in Galatia, he says in 522, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I might sum it up to you this way. As you stand in relationship with God, grow, mature, and bear fruit. Grow, mature, and bear fruit. Scott, I was talking with, uh, might have been talking with Claire. I was talking with somebody recently, and uh, they were asking about timeline at the church. And uh, whenever we talk about timeline at the church, I think back to my first Sunday here, and I think back to you playing on that piano, hunched over with a pillow under your arm, and, uh, and, and, playing, and still playing the keys, and your commitment to that. But I also think back to how young we were. Right? I think back to, man, like how much we didn't yet know. Yeah, how much we did know. Like we weren't, like, like we understood who we were becoming in Christ. We understood the responsibilities that we had. But, but man, looking back over the last 10 years, it seems like growth has happened in a lot of profoundly good ways and then in some other ways. Growth has happened. We've matured. 
Like, I think back to, man, like, friends, I want to apologize to you. If you knew me 10 years ago, I still love you. Thank you for still loving me. We had to grow up. We had to mature. But I also think back to how much different our life looks like now as we bear fruit. As we actually embody the work of God. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Friends, I don't know what God is doing in you in this moment, but I believe this. I believe that you are empowered by grace to produce good fruit. I'll end this message this morning with the same prayer that Paul offered, or that Luke offers in the book of Acts. In describing the church in the book of Acts, in, in Acts 9.31, he says this, says, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it then increased by number. This is our prayer. This is our vision for all of us and for Roxborough Church as a whole. Let's bring about the harvest as we seek to bear good fruit. I might need to spend time today saying I am empowered by grace to produce good fruit. I am empowered by grace to break away from sin. I am empowered by grace to be free. But I can tell you this. If you're standing in right relationship with Jesus Christ, you are indeed empowered by grace. Father God, I pray that our church this morning would both be encouraged and challenged to go, challenged to move forward. God, we desire to be that city on a hill. We desire to be a part of the everlasting community. We desire to be upright and blameless before you. But God, we seek to be led by your spirit, to be empowered by grace. God, we pray that you would indeed set us free. Allow us to live into the freedom that you have already declared for us. We pray indeed, Lord, that you would break the chains of sin that have bound us for way too long. God, we pray that you would release us from that. And we pray that by your spirit, God, that we would begin to produce fruit, fruit that is uh, compelling in its nature, that draws other to the good news of the gospel. God, let us be like the early disciples who say, I found the Messiah, and I'm going to run and find everybody I can, and I'm going to tell them about him. I'm going to tell them all that I know. I don't know much. He just sounds a lot like this guy that Moses was talking about. I found this guy who, who knew that I was under the fig tree. I found this guy who knew my whole story. I found this guy who said he loved me enough that he'd be willing to die on a cross on my behalf. I found the Messiah. And I'm going to run about, I'm going to spend my days running about, finding anybody I can that would listen, saying, come and see what I found. Come and see what I found. And by the grace of God, the days ahead will look different than the days behind because I will be living in the freedom of right relationship with Christ. I'll be living in the freedom 
of being separated from my sin. I'll be living in the freedom. Empowered by grace that I might bear fruit. That's our prayer. That you might multiply the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.